0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm excited to be attending and recording shows at Rainmaker 2016. You can join keynote speaker Gary Vanderchuk along with modern revenue leaders at the only conference dedicated to the sales development industry, March 7th and 9th in Atlanta. Get tickets now to receive cutting-edge sales content from thought leaders, learn best practices during breakout sessions, and come network with the world's top sales influencers. If you use the promo code BTFS and the number 30, you'll get 30% off. More information is on the show website at buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm also going to be at the Business Rocks Tech, Music, and Investment Summit recording shows live in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More information about the summit is on the show website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Naveed Rastigar, founder and CEO at FitBliss. Naveed, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Kevin, for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you're doing is is really important and and really cool and you're involved in a couple other things that are you know very interesting and i i think worth covering as well but maybe kind of before we get into kind of what you're doing let's cover your background and kind of where you grew up
1: yeah yeah absolutely um so thanks for thanks again for having me kevin so my name is nabit rastegar i grew up in the heart and soul of silicon
0: valley <laughs> Um, that's rare most people um, are imported into california
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know yeah i was actually born here Um, i listened to some of your shows in the past so i was able to hear people from india people from iran people from all over the world um so it's exciting to uh to say that i'm a a, i'm actually born citizen here um (laughs) and that's awesome a little city called saratoga just west of san jose california Okay. Uh, about five miles from Apple's headquarters in Cupertino, and about ten miles from Google's headquarters in Mountain View.
0: Right, right. No, that's awesome. So you you've been around it basically your whole life, and I love the Google campus. I have. It's so much fun.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. They did such a great job there, um, and they're continuing to grow it. And, and what's great is I think they're creating a, an influence um, in the. I think the enterprise space. So what I mean by enterprise is large businesses thinking more, um, small business in a way, uh, with the culture and the engagement and the work life experience. I think they're doing a great job.
0: No, totally. It's interesting. Cause like I went with a coworker, um, probably like last May and he had he'd never been and we pull up and there's a bunch of guys basically, um, with a bunch of like foam swords and shields and stuff. And they're basically <laughs> like charging at each other. And it was like, Exactly how you pictured Google to be was exactly what was happening when we pulled up <laughs> it,
1: it it's incredible i mean it, it's not it's people don't make this, these stories up <laughs> it's hmm. real
0: <laughs> exactly no, that's cool, so I'm curious then, how did you kind of decide or what got you passionate as a kid to get into tech?
1: yeah, um I mean obviously there's the geo geographic influences. Sure. um but in this case, I think it really started with. Uh, so my father was was an engineer by trade. Oh okay. Um, he, he worked in the high tech industry. So his his former employers were companies like iOmega. I yeah. I don't know if you remember the totally. Zip Drive. Yeah, actually, of course. The zip, the zip Drive was was the cool thing at the time. When totally. Half inch floppies that were two megabytes, and you had like a Zip Drive that was, I don't know, maybe a hundred megabytes. Yeah. Um, and. Then he worked at Seagate and IBM. Oh, and wow. I have an older sister. Uh, my older sister ended up getting her first job at a company called Atmel.
2: Okay. Um,
1: so that was a that was a big influence, um, I think, on me as a child growing up and seeing, you know, your father wake up and you know he gets in his car and he goes to this company and talks about it on the way and talks on the way home. You know, we're listening to uh, some radio shows that talk about the Wall Street market and how tech is influencing it. Um, so it was a big influence on me and, and how we really utilize technology to build solutions.
2: Sure.
0: That's awesome. And I think the one thing that always stands out to me when I come to San Francisco is there's like billboards that wouldn't, you know, normally have just <laughs> like, like, I don't know, big brands. You'll see like a Firefox browser one or like some other big tech company. <laughs> and it's just so funny to me. And it's awesome. But like, it's the only place I know in like, the entire world where, the, like, Firefox has a billboard or, or whatever, right?
1: Billboards are tech companies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't see that. You don't see that. No, that's... Swear, we have a lot of them on 101 that you'll see billboards now. It's, like, know um, up and coming companies as well as, like, Apple has this a picture that says shot on iPhone 6S, right? Sure. These are massive tech companies that are putting money into billboards
0: off the 101. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just think it's funny. But So I'm curious then, what did you take kind of after high school? In, in Did you go to university, or, or where did you kind of end up? Yes,
1: yes. So I went to a private high school. Um, it was a Catholic high school down in San Jose, and then I graduated and went to, you can pretty much call it the parent version of that high school. It's Santa okay. Clara University.
2: It's a okay. graduate
1: college, little one. Uh, the same, the claim to fame is, um, I would say Steve Nash, which is a Canadian basketball player. Funny enough, I think he's Canadian.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, I think so.
1: so. he's a Canadian, he went there. Um, and Santa Clara was actually ranked top five for, um, highest salary for business majors out of college. So wow. that again, sort of influenced me going down the path of studying marketing and finance, um, okay. versus getting into, you know, computer science. Uh, my sister t- did actually major in computer science at Santa Clara. Uh, But I wanted to take something in that that I was more interested in, which was marketing and finance. Specifically, at that time, I was uh, a Wall Street junkie. I loved just watching CNBC. Really? Interesting. uh, Yeah. So it was really more my passion, I think, in college. Um, But I think when I graduated, it was 2008, and probably one of the hardest years to graduate college, especially in the U.S. economy in 2008, that was when... Uh, the massive uh, crash, sure. occurred, heard. So jobs were, um, jobs were limited, Wall Street, nobody would get near a stock um, in 2008 when the Dow Jones was at about 6,000. So um, I decided to move into uh, the marketing role at a high tech company. Okay. So I ended up, um, if you'd like, I can talk a little bit about my, my job experience or where would you like to take this?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'm curious to know kind of your your job experience as well. You don't have to name specific companies if you're if you're not comfortable doing that, but you know, we can No, I don't mind. Curious. Yeah. No. I like getting yeah, to know yeah, kind so, of people's I mean, backgrounds.
1: I, <laughs> yeah. Um I think maybe I'll start back in high school so. I, sure. I was uh originally a web developer.
2: Hmm. So,
1: um I started web design when I was 15. I went to a little uh a little junior college to take classes
0: on dreamweaver and html okay no totally and i did the same I, thing so i get it
1: yeah so i, I grew a passion for um for design and, and and the web um so that was kind of my marketing influence so i started doing some web design at intel was my first job at age 15 wow that's awesome I was Literally getting dropped off there in the summers yeah <laughs> uh doing web development for them and then um So I really got to see, you know, kind of how um, teams work in a big corporate experience. Um, But then I I slowly, you know, obviously when the internship's over, you have to find something that you you like and you're passionate about. And at the time, I loved cars, you know, back in the day when there was, uh, um, you know, Cars didn't come with the nicest sound systems and the best navigation systems. You'd actually have to go customize these things. Sure. So I started my first company at age 16. Really? Uh It was a car entertainment company. Yep. Huh. So we worked with wholesalers in LA. Okay. And the wholesalers in LA would, we would essentially call them and we'd have, you know, essentially all the equipment and products shipped to my parents' garage. Um, that is awesome. <laughs> I started. <laughs> yeah. oh. So if you open up my parents' garage, you'll see all this, like, you know, Alpine and Rockford Foskate and all these cool brands that people were buying, you know, at high school. So I had all my friends start to – I essentially gave them a cut. So I started building, like, a distribution model. And this is what we call it when we're older. When we're we're 16, we're like, hey, do you want to make a few extra bucks if you can, (laughs) you know, bring in some leads and referrals? I'll pay you, like – you know, 2% of whatever the, the person buys
2: That's awesome. or whatever
1: it may be. And next thing you know, you have, you have kind of your own little team uh, that everybody's making money and they're doing something that they like to do. And, um, which is kind of my first taste of entrepreneurship um, sure. at that, at that age. So that was, uh, that was really exciting. Uh, but I still love tech, right? I mean, I think when you're, you're in Silicon Valley, you're highly influenced. Sure. Um, there's this concept of FOMO here, which is fear of missing out. And a lot of people are driven by that concept, um, especially in this area. And I can't speak on behalf of others, uh, but definitely here um, in Silicon Valley and San Francisco Bay Area, um, we're highly driven through technology and what people are doing with technology. So we're influenced to be in technology. Sure. Um, so I started working for a startup called ZL Technologies where I wore, wore multiple hats. I was doing everything from sales to marketing to product design to working with the engineering team on how we can work on roadmaps based on what the clients are needing. And this is when I was at 18 years old, 17. Wow. 18. Um, and then I decided to move into corporate. And the reason being is my, my father was a big influence on me when it came to technology. My mom was much more of an influence when it came to business, Acumen. okay. Um, but with my dad, he said the foundation is very important. And what he meant by that was go work for a big company for your first few years out of college because that's when you start to learn from subject matter experts, people who have been in there for a while. Sure, you, you gain a really great network and you learn a lot.
2: Yeah, that's um, really good
0: advice.
1: Yeah, it was. So then I, I ended up moving and working at Cisco, Cisco Systems, which is obviously a really large sure. um, hardware now more into software technology company, more into, I think, more than anything to like switching and routing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, obviously, they're doing more. <laughs> um, I worked there for three years. I did enterprise marketing for security solutions. I'm not sure if you have ever had to try to market security products. It's probably the hardest thing to do because you're pretty much telling people, hey, you're about to get you know hacked. Sure. <laughs> You know, buy our products, and it's, it's a very—you um, <laughs> have to be very careful. It's like trying to sell somebody, you know, bay alarm, you know, house systems. Like, so wait, do so I live in a bad area? Am I going to get robbed? <laughs> you're you're doing something very challenging in, a, in that position. Sure, um, you really got to think about that. It's really it's really kind of a creative position to be in.
0: Totally, um, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: So then I moved into sales because my I think my personality really has led me to where I am today. So I okay. was just following my personal journey. I believe everybody has their own journeys and everybody follows it and whether it's forced or not forced, you will follow that path. Interesting. So for me it was getting into to sales and really getting a good understanding of of client engagement. Um, almost human psychology. Sure. So I started selling Uh, which was really interesting. Um, During, I think it was 2011, uh, I was selling uh, networking solutions from Cisco to the public sector. Okay. And the public sector is things like public education, government, cities, counties. And in 2011 was not also the time to be in, in the, uh, the public sector space because of the budgetary constraints that cities and counties and, uh, public education had so it was also very challenging. But again, you learn so much from these challenges. Um, and part of that was I realized that a lot of people who are constrained on paying big amounts of money for huge boxes, essentially hardware, were learning to just say, "Hey, I have a 19, you know, 95 Windows system, but I have Internet Explorer. Can I still manage my?" accounting and my sales and whatever it was through just the internet. And then you think to yourself, wow, cloud is really the way to leverage, you know, legacy hardware and still take advantage of new technology. Sure. Um, so I, I transitioned into a cloud position and I worked for the industry leader, Salesforce.com, uh, which I, I learned. I had the pleasure of not just working with intelligent creative colleagues, but I was also able to consult and partner with up and coming cloud startups.
2: Okay, interesting. A lot of
1: them were SaaS based, um, and they were disrupting industries that you would never even imagine. So, think like manufacturing, um, and I think that was a perfect example of seeing when you go to manufacturing plants, you see literally still old computer systems, desktops with with large screens, uh, and people don't realize that, but it used to go back really far with the screens and <laughs> like an old TV. Uh, but yet they still have the software that's running new systems and still have the internet connection with high powered internet. Um, so now all they needed was technology to enable them to make operational efficiencies more effective. Um, so whether that's like just in time inventory, how do you know, you know, how many Toyotas are being sold or how many Bosch, you know, spark plugs are being sold over the next three to five years and being able to um, change those numbers quickly. Um so that was essentially my background and my work experience which helped me carve out my next adventure which is uh my startup today Fit Bliss.
0: Okay. So what exactly is Fit Bliss and kind of why did you start it? Yeah.
1: Um I always think it's great to to begin with why. Um Sure. And then we can get into to what it really is. Um I love Simon
0: Sinek. I'm not sure if you know who he is but no. he has this What is who um, is he just this, for people uh, that don't know? He,
1: Yes, Simon Sinek is a he's a speaker in regards to motivation, um, and understanding the human psychology of purchasing, of uh, being better, um, how decisions are made. So Simon Sinek is he's obviously he's a great speaker and a writer as well. But he's he's he has a, a, a YouTube TED talk I strongly recommend people take a look into. And it talks about how decisions, how leaders lead, and he talks about Steve Jobs and how the iPhone. When you hear them talk about the iPhone, they, they they said originally, it'll it'll change the way you connect with people, and it doesn't even. It was very inspirational. Versus what does it really do, right? So it talks about the why, then it talks about the how, and then it talks about the what. Okay, so I strongly strongly recommend taking a look into that one. But um, so why I started Fipolis? Um I started FIPLIS because I personally wanted to improve the well-being of my colleagues. Um, seeing how they were, seeing you know even my family members and friends, I think the best way to say it, it stemmed from years of being in the corporate world um, to seeing you know friends and family dealing with the with the ongoing health challenges caused from years of work stress and fairly unha- unhealthy habits. So that was the reason why I started the company, Okay, because I really wanted to improve, improve the outcomes. I think for me, I'm a, I'm a millennial, um, and you see your parents who have been in the work, workplace or the workforce for years, and seeing how they are today, you obviously want to make changes to improve any sort of outcomes in the future for yourselves and your children. Um, based upon, you know, what you've seen your parents and obviously your
0: colleagues and your friends and family go through. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: So, so how we, how I mean, I guess I could say what we do. Um, so for mostly mid-sized companies, uh, we improve the well-being and engagement of the workforce. And the way we do that is it's an engagement platform, a health engagement platform that connects employees online and digitally through whether it's through your browser or through your mobile phone, and it socially connects people to build that healthier workplace community. Uh, and the reason we chose to go down that path was because sometimes technology isn't necessarily about changing things. It's just about maybe making it better. Um, so what I mean by that is a lot of people today spend about 3.3 hours on their mobile phones, Sure. You see a lot of people spend times. I mean, I think there's over 2 billion people on social media. Um, so how do you take advantage of what human psychology has already engineered their brains to do at such a young age and showcase that in a healthy behavior format, right? So for us, we were thinking the employee fitness network is like the thoughts that stood out to me. How do we connect to people on their things that they're interested in and connecting them um, to sustain behavior change over time?
0: Sure. No, that that's actually really interesting. So, I'm I'm kind of curious then. How does it, it it kind of work for kind of a company? Like, do I, I sign up, and then do I have to add all the employees, or or how does it kind of work?
1: Yeah, great question. So with Fitbit, um, it is we work through the company. So usually the companies put together these wellness programs, and, and frankly, we we you know working at Salesforce and, and previous companies. They put together some wellness programs, and um, you usually see about five to ten percent engagement. Sure. Um, and the reason being is because it, it's a it's a model that just doesn't work. So with Fitbit, our approach has been, why don't we put it on its head, kind of thing, flip it over, and see if how it'll work. So we really gauge the interest of the employees first. Okay. So we talk with to employees. We see, are you interested in connecting with other people that share the same interest that you do? to say maybe go play basketball on Saturday mornings or go play ping pong during lunch break or go on a, uh, an afternoon walk to grab a cup of coffee. Like, are you looking to engage with your colleagues? And a majority of them say yes. And then I say, well, then, then what's wrong with the system today? And the, what's wrong with the system was that employees are put in somewhat of a box, meaning you could only do specific things that the wellness program essentially enables
2: right meaning you can
1: only walk hike run and bike and frankly people today are doing things like crossfit bar Mm. bar um orange theory fitness uh i mean i can name off some more of these these really trending things that are going on in the fitness space sure that these wellness programs just couldn't enable and 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 there's a an infograph i i saw the other day and it was really interesting it talked about how millennials are a little more self-enthused um they're a little more egotistical. They want things personalized to their lifestyle. Um, so a lot of the reason why there's a big lack of engagement with the highest growing population being millennials in the workplace is because it wasn't as personalized. It wasn't so allowing employees to do what they already do and share it with their colleagues. So we, our approach was we, we wanted to make sure we built the solution the employees like. Then we went to the employer and we said, Hey, this is our solution. And the employer said, great. Our, our, are our employees interested in these things? And we said, yes, there are already a few employees interested. So the way that we, we go to market is we make it much more participatory or voluntary.
2: Oh, so the employees
1: would tell their HR teams and say, hey, listen, we want to actually participate. And it goes back to what we originally talked about, which is FOMO.
2: <laughs> okay. uh,
1: I talked to yep. a lot of our clients about this and say, listen, don't force anything along. Don't force this uh, uh, to your employees. Just ask them. Maybe have your executives take interest. Have them embark first, and your employees will follow because they obviously want to make sure that you know if their executives are involved. That means that it, there's it, there's a core value that that addresses.
0: Interesting, right? as yeah. the company,
1: and then once the more employees sign up, um, obviously, then we work with the employer to make sure they're all uh, set up correctly. So they can integrate any fitness device, so like a like an Apple Watch or. a you know, Fitbit or garments, you know, Strava, things like that. Right. Um, Applications that you use, we can all integrate that into our platform as well.
0: Okay, so and then how do you guys kind of monetize this?
1: Um, So we work with the employers on that, so it depends on um, the volume. Okay. So if it's obviously a large, a larger company, you know, it's going to be a little bit reasonably cheaper per employee per month. Sure. Um, So we want to make it very simple. Um, and the nice part is, if an employee um, wants to be, you know, so we, so we want a, another employee to jump on, that employee can actually just replace, say, an employee who's either left the company or no, no longer wants to participate.
2: Oh, okay. so we make it very
1: flexible. Yeah, make it really flexible.
0: Okay, no, that's that's really cool, and I, I think it seems like more and more kind of big and and even like small. Well, it seems like just businesses in general seem to be wanting to get their employees a little bit more active and whatnot. And I know there's a bunch of studies that kind of come out that, you know, sitting's kind of the new smoking. And I think a lot of people are <laughs> yeah. like, that's kind of maybe harsh to put it that way because I get some people are wandering around and doing things and, you know, they, some people have standing desks and people are taking kind of precautions for that. But there's a lot of people that I think just doing little things to make them a little bit healthier and kind of gradually track that, and, you know, is basically mm-hmm. why you founded the company.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we, we always tell people um,
0: attainable, attainable goals
1: that are short term helps build long term change.
2: Sure. Um,
1: and what I mean by that is don't don't put a you know, you have to lose X amount of pounds, which are sometimes very challenging and can create almost unhealthy, immediate habits. Mm-hmm. Why don't you set up maybe a t- an attainable goal? Of, let's just say 10 minutes of walking a day. And soon see your progression go from 10 to 15, 15 to 18, 18 to 20. Sure. And what's even more beautiful about that experience is that you actually start to see people see you do it.
2: Mm, interesting. Um, and see
1: that you're sustaining that over time so they know it's not just like a fad or a trend. Right. Right. It's more like this is somebody who really truly believes in themselves, believes that they can, they can attain this goal that they set in front of them, and people are attracted to that right? It's something like, you know, it brings inspiration and motivation to the people that you surround yourself with every day.
0: No, totally. It makes a lot of sense. Like I I actually worked with a girl who um, her goal, I can't remember, it was like lose like 50 pounds or something over a year. I can't remember the exact goal, but it was a significant goal. And just watching Mm -hmm. her like she used to go to the gym every day. And, you know, like she'd watch her diet and like, Everything. And it was it was really inspiring to see her just like, you know, and she looks awesome now. And it's and she like, you know, yeah. kept it off and did in
1: a healthy way. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. And and I think part of it, too, is just if you see other co-workers kind of, you know, achieving what they set out to do, whether it's, you know, OK, now they're walking 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day or whatever that whatever it is, you start saying, like, maybe I'll just tag along with them. You know, and mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you'll automatically get better. I, I think that's awesome. So
1: Yeah, again it gets that FOMO effect, right? When totally. you see something you're like, Man, I I wanna do that. I wanna I wanna join her. You know, she seems like she's doing something really cool and she's sustaining it and it's not like somebody's telling her to do it. It's that intrinsic motivator. And with that, it actually draws more genuine interest from people around you to participate with you. Right. And that's that's that compelling um, sustainable driver over time.
0: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So maybe let's cover kind of what startup health is and kind of why you guys were selected.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, I I come from a business background and a tech background uh, with some, some development experience. Now, the areas that I, I didn't have knowledge in, Um, was healthcare. So when I was going about, you know, reviewing which accelerators were out there for the team and what what really fits our mold, um, it was really focused on how do we help educate ourselves better in the healthcare industry. Sure. Right? And healthcare is such a massive, uh, complex space that sometimes it can be somewhat uh, cumbersome to get through all of the different details. So we were looking for an accelerator that provided us with the knowledge the network, um, the education and mentoring and the coaching. So we, we, we selected down a few, and, and the one that really fit, I think, our mold the best and what we were really looking for was Startup Health. Okay. So with Startup Health, um, it offered us areas where we need help in, right? One was the healthcare network. Sure. So what's great is they have some sessions, and, and obviously you can see all these things online, um, but they have, they have sessions with industry experts. Um, they have also a network that you can collaborate with other entrepreneurs. Oh,
2: interesting. are so kind of going
1: through the similar challenges that you are, um, which I love because this is kind of our model as well. Sure. With, with Fitbit. And the reason I say that is because Fitbit is kind of a, a – when you join the network, you get to see all of what your colleagues are doing. Right. So people who are kind of living the same lifestyle that you are, and you get to learn from them. Right. Everybody comes with such unique backgrounds and such unique experiences and for you to be able to have access to that is really compelling. So with Startup Health, they allowed us to have access to, you know, a company that's doing like teledermatology. And I became good friends with their CEO and another person that's doing things around um, like the pharmaceutical space or how to improve uh, patient to doctor engagement. OK. You know, things like that where it's you get really creative healthcare solutions. Sure. And for us, we're, our solution is very hybrid, though. And what I mean by that, when I say hybrid, I'm saying it's, it's not 100% focused on healthcare, it's about 50%, and the other 50 is focused on actually enterprise,
2: like okay, corporate businesses. Yeah.
1: Right? So, so it, you know, for us, um, I wanted to become more educated and help our team grow within the healthcare industry. Um, so for us, that made the most sense, and I think the reason we were selected um, I think it was was threefold. It's really our unique vision, our strategy, and our execution approaches towards solving workforce health engagement.
2: And, right. and again,
1: that's why it's kind of fifty fifty. Right. We're not just about the healthcare industry. We're also about the workplace HR industry, right? The yeah, engagement totally. and, and productivity industry. So it's. Um, I think they they selected us for for those reasons.
0: Interesting. So. Do you have do they provide kind of like office space and, and whatnot or or what kind of do you get by being part of it?
1: Oh okay, good question. So for us, um, so startup health is is very unique in their approach and the way they've approached it is <clears throat> it's a three year program. Okay, so they're there for the long term the long term partnerships. So accelerators today are traditionally three to six three to five months. Sure. Uh, they give you. They usually give you some sort of capital, um, and obviously, startup health. You know, they have their own. Um, I can't disclose all of the information, as you can imagine. Sure. But, yeah. Fair um, they have their own set of of terms uh, with their entrepreneurs, but they're there for the long term.
0: Sure.
2: Three um, years in, is a which, long time, right?
0: Us,
1: yeah. Yeah. Three years is a long time, and and I think in the healthcare space, to really make change yeah. for the long term. And have that support team, and have the access to the VCs and the angels and the right. different uh, partners and providers who can essentially take your solution and help you bring to market. So think like UHC or um, Anthem or or Atno or Blue Shift. A lot of these companies look at startup health as the way to incubate, create startups, interesting as well as help accelerate them.
2: That's very now, cool. Now, in regards
1: to office space, yeah, yeah, it's a really unique approach, um, and I think it also it also is it allows the you know, entrepreneur to to be and so the we're not there locally so startup health is actually based in New York okay or based in San Francisco so it, they use they actually use Slack okay so Slack yeah. is a great communication tool sure um, that we're using to essentially have access and see what the latest and greatest um, is coming from the accelerator program but they also have uh, events that happen about I think two or three times a year so just recently. They're here at JP Morgan's uh, healthcare um, conference, which is one of the largest conferences in healthcare in the States annually. Sure. And they they reserved an entire area for all of their their accelerator uh, members. Oh, awesome. With access to specific investors and providers, which created this kind of nice, unifying experience for those. Those individuals and entrepreneurs who aren't with Startup Health locally, Startup Health locally, but to be able to do that in person with the right people, to help accelerate your business.
0: Sure, no, that that's awesome, very cool. So I'm I'm kind of curious to know what what exactly is the Founders Network and how are you a part of that?
1: Yeah, uh, Founders Network is probably one of my favorite things I came across. So when I okay. when I left Salesforce. Um, I, I had a, a couple friends of mine. One that's that's actually in in Founders Network before I had joined, and Founders Network is essentially a space for all tech entrepreneurs to join, but you have to go through a selective process, and usually it's through another fellow uh, health, um, excuse me, another fellow Founders Network member. Okay. So you vouch for another tech founder to come in. They go through um, a screening process. Um, and then they can join once they pass the screening and you get access to so many cool things. So um, essentially everything a tech founder goes through, right? So like think team building, think funding, think hiring, marketing, sales. Are you here locally? There's a chapter here in San Francisco. There's a chapter in New York. There's a chapter in LA. I mean, it's this incredible community of tech founders across all verticals. Okay. Um, all industries. If you're, are you consumer? Are you B two B? Are you uh, mobile? Are you strictly browser? I mean, it depends on obviously your space. Sure. And you also get access to investors, VCs, potential clients. Um, they provide you with this this incredible network um, that you can ping ideas off of and get really great candid feedback as well. Um, like, let's just say you want to go choose a certain vendor for something you want to use internally for your company. And you ask the network, you say, Hey, guys, you know, I'm this, this size company. I'm looking to, you know, utilize, for instance, a payroll system. Okay. What do you recommend for a payroll system?
2: Interesting. And then you get
1: this incredible feedback for companies who are in my scenario, which is like, you know, three to five employees. Sure. And we're looking to grow this startup to, you know, maybe a mid, a, like more of like a 25 to 50 employee size. But how do we use the right payroll system to get us there,
2: right? Yep. That's
1: kind of tax efficient, um, does all the, the documentation for us, the onboarding, whatever it may be. And you really get creative ideas and the nice um, feedback to help obviously optimize your business.
0: Sure, that's awesome. So do you have to be in one of the cities where they have kind of a chapter or can kind of anybody in, in the States or even North America or outside North America join?
1: Yeah, um, anywhere. Um, so if you're looking to create one, you know definitely contact me. Um, I'll do. I'll obviously vouch for you and have you talk to um, the screening pro. Like obviously the screeners, and help you get started in your specific uh, geography.
0: Sure, that's awesome. So what kind of stuff do you guys screen for? Like what, what kind of questions? No, and
1: Good question. I'm not a screener. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> actually maybe fortunately, um, <laughs> but I think it comes down to. Um, are you tech focused? Um, what's your vision? Um, what do you, where do you see yourselves in, you know, in, in two to three months? Um, are you an angel round? Or are you in, um, uh, seed round or are you already venture backed? They ask you some certain questions to see kind of what the scoping process would look like for you and how you would help contribute to the community. Sure. Um, and the network. So like, uh, they always ask for like, what are some unique experiences you would love to share Right. What makes it you what makes you what makes you unique? Um, and it really helps to bring different perspectives to the community. Right. And that's where it kind of goes back to our model. of, You know, there's so many different experiences that people go through and be able to actually leverage that from anywhere at any time um, is pretty compelling.
0: Sure. No, that's awesome. I, I think that's kind of that's great. And I think it's nice to have those kind of support networks, especially when you know they're they're nationwide and and beyond just because there's so many people and you know that just can have been through it and kind of sorted out the same problems that you're dealing with right now and, and like you mentioned like you're okay. saying I need a payroll system that can that I can have like for where I'm at now and where I'm at in like a year or two, right? And somebody's like, use this. And you're that's like, right. thank you so much for saving me, you know, tons of time, right? So much time. Yeah, that's that's I
1: gotta awesome. I tell you, Kevin, the, I, you know, to hit on that, one of the most, actually probably the, the most valuable asset besides your, your teammates is time
0: as an entrepreneur. Totally.
1: So in um, decision-making time process, right? And, and for us, you know, that is – you know, to have access to, to people who are who have already gone through that headache, maybe, yep. And just say, you know what? If I can help somebody else not go through the same headache that I've been through, maybe I've done something good for someone and help help them go through something I didn't have to. I wish I didn't have to go through, right? And I do the same thing now. So I did a session for Founders Network for joining the Salesforce community, right? So Witch oh, is built on Salesforce. Um, so I did a, you know, I said, hey, one of the unique things I can bring the Founders Network community is my background at Salesforce, right? Sure. How to help, build, help you build a great product, but more importantly, go to market, right? Help get your product in front of the right people. Sure. How you can help provide your solution to the client needs in the Salesforce community. So I, they, they were so kind. They, they said, hey, we'll, we'll put a one-hour webinar up for you. We'll invite everybody to the meeting, and then you go ahead and showcase, you know, obviously what you can provide. And it was great, you know, and people were like, now you, you, you have new friends that you never had before. And now they help you with questions that you have. It becomes this, you know, uh, great support team, right, sure. for all, all things you need, which is why I'm such a huge, a huge fan of Founders Network.
0: No, that's awesome. And you basically have like an instant network across America, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, across more even. I think, you, I, sure. think they have, uh, I think they're in Canada as well.
0: Okay. No, that's really Indeed. cool. So, so I know you you do some mentoring as well, and it's probably kind of related to the founders network so i'm I'm kind of curious to know um kind of who do you mentor and and what types of people do you kind of like to mentor?
1: It's a great question um, I've meant so I think the mentoring started for me when I was at Salesforce, so the position that I had when I was there was very consultative. We're okay. on the business development team for. Partnerships. So what we were focused on was bringing in really compelling, innovative technologies and introducing it to the Salesforce community of customers and partners and supporters, people who are looking at ways to build more operational efficiency based upon the technology on Salesforce's platform. So that job was very much consultative. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to help. You, or I'm, not, I'm going to go sell your product for you. It's more like, let me understand what, you're, what, what problems you're solving. Why would somebody need your technology or your solution or your vision? And how do we help connect kind of your pipe to somebody else's pipe? right? And if we can connect those two pipes together, we have this free-flowing kind of uh, data going back and forth that creates the efficiency and the needs that the clients are looking for.
2: Sure. And the
1: mentorship part really helped me um, when I was at Salesforce embark in, in kind of my role today. So, when it's we're working, I'm still in connection with a lot of uh, people who are building technologies and entrepreneurs building technologies on Salesforce.
2: Sure. And helping
1: them obviously think creatively on how to get into that, that space. Um, so, it's an ongoing uh, mentorship program that I work with different entrepreneurs uh, and wanting obviously to make changes. But I think why it's important, I think it's also really important to have a mentor because it'll calm your nerves when you're anxious. Sure. It'll answer your questions when you don't know how to answer them. It'll motivate you. And I have like a list of these things in my head. Sure. It'll motivate you when you're feeling like the world is coming to an end. Sure. Um, And finally, probably the most important thing a mentor can do for anyone is guide them to being the best they can be. Sure. It's really helping them self-reflect. Um, become aware of, of themselves and think positively based upon that. All right, I think that's what a true mentor can do for you.
0: Sure. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And the more and more people that I interview for the show, a lot of them say like having a mentor was like almost, like it was a huge <laughs> percentage of why they're successful, right? Because you're right. Like just kind of that list that you just mentioned, like there's days where you have no idea what you're doing or where to go or what to do. <laughs> or like some days you're like, I yeah. should just give this all up and quit and, you know, whatever. Right. But you need somebody yeah. to bounce that, you know, kind of has been where you, you are, understands where you're trying to go kind of pick you back or help pick you back up, you know, and say, no, 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 that's let's right. brush mm-hmm. yourself off and let's go at it this angle. Right. I, I think that's super important, but, but I'm curious though, how to go about maybe asking somebody to mentor you, or, or or any kind of you know ways to go about kind of finding a mentor.
1: Uh, yeah, um, I would say that the the number one trait of a mentor is trust.
0: Okay.
2: If,
1: so if you were to categorize, how do you filter between people who can possibly be your mentor? Um, I would say just definitely look at do you trust that person to take care of your children? Would you trust that person to take care of your
0: children? Interesting. Kind of thing and, that and much trust, interesting.
1: How to be an adult,
0: right? And sure.
1: Because right now your baby is your company. Sure. Right? So for me, my baby is my, is FIpless, right? So right sure. now everything that I'm focused on is helping this company be successful and helping obviously, you know, fulfill the vision of the company. Um, so when you're going about choosing your mentor, think about, Do you trust that person, and does that person trust you? Right? Is it a a very mutual relationship there? Um, so I would say that's the first question to ask. The other parts I would say is maybe just their knowledge and experience. Um, so what can they bring to the table that you don't have?
2: Sure.
1: Um, I always say try to find somebody that's not like you.
2: Interesting. Because
1: um, you know, almost like a team member because they're going to bring you something that um that you weren't thinking of or. That, um, that allows you to grow, right? And, sure. and if you find something very similar to you, they'll be able to maybe console you really well. So again, you don't have to just have one mentor. You can have two or three. Sure. Um, but find the uses of each of one of them and how they help improve what you're looking to get improved upon, right? Um, whether that's, you know, is it, is it knowledge in the industry? Like right now, I'm, I'm looking to bring on an advisor, Who's focused on the healthcare space? Sure. Right, and that's because I need to know that somebody is 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 a trustworthy person who can help mentor me, advise me, help the company grow in that specific industry. But then you have other mentors who are there for more consoling, helping you stay motivated, keeping you engaged, feeling you like giving you that excitement and, and motivation that helped you build the company at first. do you know the company is not going to go down and. You know the world's not going to come to an end, and you don't you don't need to quit. Uh, you need to have all of those things because that is the day to day life of any entrepreneur.
2: Sure.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. It's a roller coaster ride, right? Absolutely. No, I I think that's that's really good advice for people out there, and it's it's interesting just to hear people um, kind of talk about you know the different things that they find useful in a mentor, and I think. The more and more I ask the question to people, it seems the answers are very similar, which is kind of fascinating <laughs> to me, right? No, I, I think it's good, right? Like, it seems everybody's on kind of the same track of like why it's important, and I, I think you know, there's a lot of people out there that I think could really benefit from having them, and and are kind of maybe scared to ask for one.
1: Yeah, I, I would say. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, there's always this hesitancy or, or um, they feel a little anxious in, in asking someone for help or sure. mentorship. Um, I mean, I'm also a, a big believer that if you don't ask, you'll never receive. Totally. Um, you'll just always agree. be thinking about it. Uh, so if, if you put yourself out there and feel confident you know, and, and believe in yourself, And say it genuinely, ask somebody genuinely, humans are humans at the end of the day. They truly want, you know, goodness to come from these things. Um, and obviously the people you're most likely asking, you've seen something in them that's attracted you towards for them, for you to even ask them for that help. Um, now have there people that have told me that, you know, maybe mentorship, um, isn't there for them? Well, I would say more advisory. Mentorship is actually fairly more flexible. Okay. Um, but if you're looking for somebody to be your advisor, I would just say, like, hey, all I'm looking for is 15 minutes.
2: Mm, 10 to 15 minutes
1: of your time uh, because people are very busy, especially the, the people you're most likely asking. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, They're most likely busy people and, you know, they have to obviously juggle a lot of things that go on in their lives. Yeah. Um, so just ask for something that's reasonable and they will – if anything, they'll like that you that you approached it in that way.
2: Yeah, and they're going
1: to give you most likely more time.
2: Sure,
1: right? Because they they see that you understand their lifestyle, and they understand that you respect their time.
2: Yeah, that's um, a really so good every point. Time,
1: yeah, so every time I, I call a mentor, I mention to him or her, I say, "Listen, all I need is ten to fifteen minutes. Um, if it if right now doesn't work, just let me know. If it's tomorrow, a week from now, you know." And then they're like, "You know what? Actually, I have ten minutes right now." Okay. Right. And they'll give you that 10 minutes for the things you need immediately, which is why I say have many mentors. Not many, but have a
2: have a couple, enough
1: mentors yeah. that you feel that, that, like, fulfill your needs. Um, and then you won't necessarily – you probably won't need more than 15 minutes if sure. you think about it.
2: Sure.
0: And if it's 15 so it minutes between sense. two or three of them, you know, that's some significant amount of time, right?
1: That is that is significant amount of time.
0: Interesting. I'm, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, Naveed to- – Sorry to cut this short, but this has been awesome and we're out of time, no, but, but like, how about we close the show with kind of promoting where people can find FitBliss online, um, any other social media links you want to promote for the company or yourself?
1: Yeah, I would say two areas to find us. Um, if you are looking to build a healthy, happy and productive workforce amongst your colleagues, I would definitely look this up on obviously siplist.com okay. um, as well as the App Exchange. So if you are looking at you know obviously apps that are integrate with Salesforce's CRM, um, you can go to Salesforce's App Exchange and search siplist and you can actually see a, a demo of our solution there. Okay, awesome. Um, and obviously follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: Perfect. Well, Naveed, thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate you taking the time and your day to uh, be on the show. And I'm excited to follow, you know, FIPLIST through 2016 and and kind of beyond.
1: It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on, Kevin.
0: All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Talk talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm also going to be at the Startup Expo in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, February 16th and 17th, recording shows. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.